Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, January the 26th. This past weekend, down goes McGregor. Down goes McGregor. Is Kyrie a good fit with these nets? And which team is the biggest threat to the Lakers? But first, the Super Bowl is all set. We have a guest host this week returning at in the Quill Sophia. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, let's get it. Last weekend, this past weekend, was a great weekend in football for me. You couldn't lose either way. Either way, you could not lose with these matchups that's coming in this past weekend. You had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers, as I like to call it last week, the Battle of the Bay. But I'm boom, rim shot. And then we have Buffalo versus Kansas City. Let's get into the Buffalo versus Kansas City first, because it was just really easy and straightforward to get through this. The game before in Kansas Kansas City versus the Browns, we had a protocol for a head injury of some sort as there was a choking mechanism that was done by the Browns, DB, not DB, but defensive player, and slammed his head on the ground, got up a little wobbly, so he did not return, that being Patrick Mahomes did not return for the remaining part of that game. Now, due to the quote, protocols that we've had before, you would have thought that he would have not qualified due to a concussion, due to being concussed to even coming into this game. But we know the, the half a billion dollar man was not going to miss this game. All of this, I know that people were saying, oh, there was three different doctors. Man, these guys are all paid off. At the end of the day, you're not going to let this man sit. And guess what? Nobody cares. We all know it's a bunch of crap anyway. A lot of people want to see the, um, the he got jacked up. We want to see that back, actually. Um, if you you sign on the dotted line, you know what you're getting when you're doing the sport. Same thing with boxing. What do you want them to do? Start wearing uh, helmets again? Start wearing headgear in boxing? You don't. It, they don't talk about wearing headgear in soccer. And when you play soccer, you get those little brain issues. But I digress. Let's get back to the game. At the end of the day, I agree with them playing. I just think it's all a bunch of crap because they had the movie release with Will Smith and it talking about CTE and all those different things. So now they want to make a big thing about it. It's all a bunch of crap. Moving on to the game. So... Mahomes did play this game, and he went again, went up against uh, Josh Allen. Now, a lot of people going into the playoffs, people said Buffalo is those guys. That Buffalo is the team no one wants to face because they have a stout defense. They have one of the best connections between quarterback and wide receiver and and um and Josh Allen and Diggs. No one wants to see them. They're dangerous, but they lost Moss, their running back, and and they took away from their offense how they're able to contribute because they didn't get a lot of running done. The leading rusher for Buffalo was that of Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen had what? He had, um, shoot, I forgot. He had 88 yards rushing, almost 100 yards rushing, and 287 yards passing at half. The game started quick. Buffalo was up quick, 9 to nothing, missing the extra point field goal. Tampa, not Tampa Bay, but Kansas City was shut out in the first quarter just to come back in the second quarter and do 21 straight points unanswered. These guys went on an incredible streak. I think they went like 33 or 34 unanswered points. It was just crazy. And then by the end of the game, you know, it, it, it the ending score was not indicative of what happened as Buffalo went down 38 to 24. The last score, they kind of just gave up. You got a touchdown, went for two, did not get it. So that six points of that should not even be there. It's really 38 
to 18. They just put a stomping on those boys. And it goes to show, and it was just a lot of stats. Let's get through all the stats first. Josh Allen, 28 for 48, 287 yards passing, 88 yards rushing, two touchdowns and interception. Good numbers, not great numbers. As he didn't get a lot of help, he had to spread the ball around, digs and get a great performance. They had horrible, horrid rushing game from the running backs. With Pat Mahomes, 27 for 38, 325 yards, three touchdowns, no interception. Tyreek Hill breaking a Kansas City record in a postseason with nine receptions, with 11 targets, nine, re nine receptions, 172 yards. Then Kelsey, that'll be probably the best tight end in the game. Up there, probably top five all time already. Up there with Gronk and, and um, Gonzalez and, and Gates. Up there with those guys, with the Sharp brothers. Up there with those guys. Kelsey, 13 receptions, 15 targets, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Just dominating on them. No AB. You had the other young man. I can't remember his name right now. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the Caucasian guy who ran back there and got that touchdown. Um, just, it was just, it was just a crazy, crazy, crazy game. So this game, it just goes to show when we had the narrative that, oh, Kansas City is, um, they're winning, but they're not winning big. When we talked about last week with the Browns, so the thing is I chose Buffalo based upon how they're just squeaking by teams. And, and then also thinking that I was thinking that Mahomes wasn't going to play. I was thinking about the, the percussion, the concussion protocols. And what I thought it would be. And then even so, I thought he would have so some sort of uh, signs that he was concussed. And I thought that Buffalo and their defense will have an answer and take advantage of that thing. But it was not the case. It shows you that those last eight weeks of the season weren't really what we thought they were. That one loss they had to my Raiders was more a blip in the radar. Even though the Raiders almost beat them again the second go around, the Raiders were just built to beat them. But it was just a, it was a missile underlier. It was not something that we can carry with us. I thought the Buffalo Bills were the most dangerous team in the, in the AFC. I was wrong. Kansas City is clearly the most dangerous team. It, it looks as if they took their foot off the gas because I watched those games with Kansas City. Similar to this game, they, they won by 14, but they really won by more. That's how badly they blew them out. So the rest of the season, they were winning games by a touchdown or less. They were always coming back. But it's like they had these trick plays. They could do it whenever they want. Flip the switch, if you will. And that team is just dangerous. They're, and then the biggest thing is now their defense is showing up. Their defense looks scary with the sacks and the, and the, and the pressures and, and getting those rush passes where they couldn't even connect. That's why I digs and get a lot of receptions and yards. I, I said it, if their defense steps up and just plays adequate, ad, adequately, then they should win. And it does help when you have someone like Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, um, even the running game with Hilaire. Don't forget, you, you got you got Le'Veon Bell. And we'll talk about that, how Le'Veon Bell now is in the postseason without Pittsburgh. So you have that. And you have all these weapons, but then you have the ultimate weapon in the quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Who was like Brett Favre and 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 Aaron Rodgers had a baby. It's just ridiculous what he can do with the ball, the way he does it so many different ways. Even the underhand pass he did to Kelsey, that really quick play. That I thought that was amazing. Just everything just seemed so effortless, as we say, as temp, uh, TNT says about Steph Curry, effortless. It looked very effortless from Patrick Mahomes what he was doing. And they're scary. I can't I can't see them losing. 
I think they were just literally coasting through the rest of the season. That's why the games were so close. But when you really look at it, they were really dominating the ball. So I should have caught this. I missed it. Maybe I was just having wishful thinking because I don't want to see just dynasties or what have you. And Buffalo deserves it. This is the best team Buffalo's had in years since my youth when they went to four straight, which is still another record. <sighs> what a game. What a game. They will be playing in the Super Bowl. Moving on to the game, the real game, the, the AARP Bowl. Actually, that was more last week when you had uh, Tom Brady versus uh, retiring Drew Brees. Uh, but, but Aaron Rodgers has been around long enough where you feel it's the same way. He is the older version of Pat Mahomes. But you will come to see it was a glaring reminder that they, they just didn't play as well. And, I, and, and it was a big debate. The debate is who cost who? Who is it on who lost the game? Before we get there, let's start here. Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. Tampa Bay came out early up 21 to 10 at half it was really 14 to 10 but that trick put not that trick play was six seconds left gave tom brady a time to to throw the ball down the field to a speedy receiver he got got behind the defense and that was it and it, that right there to me was a pivotal moment in this contest 21 to 10 at half moving through the game tom brady in the second half throwing three interceptions but they could only get away with six points out of that. Six points from those three picks. Six. Six. And then in the final moments of the game, in, in red zone territory, three downs, couldn't get anything, couldn't get anything. And on that third down, as you will see, the same way that Aaron Rodgers ran in against the Rams, that was actually a, a tougher play as he had a defender heading towards him. If you go back and look at that play when, when on that third down when he kind of just forced the ball into Devontae Adams, there was nothing there. So he was draped by two defenders. And the other defender in the end zone, he could have ran in and scored. He had enough room to get the whole angle. The other play, he had to do a pump fake. This one, there was nobody there. No one even coming towards him. And he was less than 10 yards away from daylight and he just threw the ball away. That's the final play. The first two plays were just as bad. When he threw the ball to the back of the end zone when he had another man open in the corner. He was just making bad decisions. It was crunch time. As bad as he is, he was bad in crunch, crunch time. And people want to bang the coach, LaFleur. But all he can go by is what he saw. How many plays that Aaron Rodgers missed? How many drops, passes did the guys have? Even Devontae Adams. So he did not have faith in his team. He's like, dude, I got three timeouts in the two-minute two warning. I have five timeouts. I get the ball back. All we have to do is stop them from getting a first down, which they thought they did. They had that crappy penalty. That's another thing. That that holding penalty, that P.I. was bull crap. Yes, he grabbed it a little bit. But why was it so long for them to throw the flag? That was like the longest delay that I have seen in a very long time coming from the back judge. He had a clear sight, but to me it was a poor call, poor call. Because that did not stop him from catching it. That was an uncatchable ball, which is why they thought to not even throw it. So that was a poor call. But that's the problem with LaFleur's decision. You left the game in the hands of one of the best players, probably the GOAT, as people will call him, of all times. All he had was two minutes to get a first down. He didn't need a touchdown. They were up. They were up. He didn't need anything. He just needed a first down. He didn't need, a, he didn't need to get a field goal position you kick the field goal for what i say go for it regardless of what you see don't don't take the ball out of aaron Rodgers' hands more so not to really just to win the game and that's the thing that's the part people aren't paying attention to 
LaFleur was like, I'm going to play this so I can win this game. I can't trust what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. We need another go at it. Because if we if we don't get this first down, we lose. That's how he's looking at it. But others are saying, if you don't stop Tom Brady on the other end, because if you kick the field goal, you still need the touchdown anyway. And you still lose. So they say, just go for it. And if you don't, they, they get poor field position. You still have to stop them. <laughs> you still have to stop them and score anyway. So they say, we'll just go for it. But I understand his decision-making. And they got the first down due to a technicality on, on the PI and end up giving them the game. So who's to blame is what people say as, as let's go back to the score, as Green Bay loses as the top seed to Tampa Bay to 31 to 26 and Tampa Bay being the first time in history to host the Super Bowl. As you know, people who do not know, year or two beforehand two or three years beforehand is decided where the neutral quote-unquote neutral siding is supposed to be so they decide on it before the season starts teams know where the super bowl is going to be it's been in san diego so many years and san diego's never made it i don't believe i think they made it once and did not win obviously they usually try to choose warm cities so where it's going to be warm at that time of the year that's where they like to host the super bowl because it's a big old festivities there'll be la san diego uh, um, um, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, because they have a dome, um, maybe even Houston, those type of cities. You won't find it in, in Green Bay or Buffalo or places of that ilk. You won't find it. In, you might find it in New York because they have a dome as well. But my point is they have gone to the Super Bowl and they'll be hosting it. The funny thing is they will be the away team because they're the lower seed. They're a fifth seed and Kansas City is a one seed. So they'll be the uh, away team at home. <laughs> but the first team ever to be hosting or to play in their home field for the Super Bowl. That's amazing. And who did it? Tampa Tom. Showing, proving once and for all that he is either the luckiest guy of all times because those three picks late and it's just Aaron Rodgers did not capitalize on it. Or he's just really the GOAT. Makes better decisions in the time of clutch. In the clutch times, he makes great decisions. Where Aaron Rodgers did not. He did not capitalize on it. And Tom Brady always capitalize on it and Patrick Mahomes is similar to that you give him time he wins the game so who's the blame LaFleur or Rodgers I will say more Rodgers than LaFleur I say 70 30 I say 30 LaFleur because you got to trust it and even if they don't get it you still have another chance and the field position of where you are similar to what you did before by kicking a field goal then kicking the ball I say that's part of it and then the other part is if you do lose, the blame is off of you. 100% of the blame is on Rodgers. But by taking the ball out of his hands and then not winning it, you gambled that. You gambled that, hey, I'm going to go ahead and just trust my defense who got those late picks, who's been playing well the second half against the GOAT. They only scored 10 points in the second half. You know, and Green Bay was outscoring. Green Bay had the momentum. I like, I like to say the momentum, John Witherspoon, rest in peace. The momentum. And he thought, overthought it. Try to be smart. Sometimes you just got to go for it. You know, no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> you got to go for it. And he did not. So that, I give that to him. But then, of course, Aaron Rodgers. What if you ran down the field and you did not get the touchdown, but you got fourth and goal? right there, right at the goal line. You think that maybe LaFleur would have considered going for it on the one-yard line? What about those other plays early when you missed through people? 
they dropped it. You didn't throw it right in the bread basket. You had a two-point conversion that was dropped. That was a bad one. That was the one drop that I don't fault you for. But the other ones, it was a position of the ball. Not capitalizing on the moments. Because Tampa Bay defense is decent, but they're not that good. And they kept getting to you. They gave you problems all year. Half of your interceptions for the season came from that team. Did you not watch enough tape to figure it out? That's the difference between Tom Brady and everyone else. No one is more prepared. No one. So, now we have the matchup for the Super Bowl, which will be on Sunday, February the 7th, right after my birthday. But birthday is always around the Super Bowl. My birthday next week is on Wednesday. We'll talk about that next week's show. But Super Bowl is set in Tampa, February the 7th, 3.30 Pacific time. I predict it's going to be a shootout. And I predict at the end of the day, it will be Kansas City. And it should have been predicted early on. I think early in the season, I actually did predict Kansas City versus Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. That's before we saw that Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season early on. I saw the weapons when I saw they got Fournette and um, and they got Gronk just before AB came. They got Gronk and Fournette and they already had um, um, Godwin. They already had Evans. They already had Brait. They already had uh, 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 I can't remember the other running back's name now, but he excellent running back. He's been leading them all season. They already had these guys. I said, dude, last year they were seven and nine. I said, Brady could get you three more. And I was exactly right. Go back to the old shows beginning of this season. I think that's several, obviously is like uh, two months ago, three months ago, but I said it and I called KC versus Tampa Bay. Um, so that's where we are. The team with the most weapons prevailed, got there. That, that's pretty much what it came down to. It's going to be a shootout, but I don't see how Tampa Bay's defense can slow down Hill or Kelsey. And Pat Mahomes, even if you try to bottle him up, he'll get some rushing yards. He won't go crazy. He won't do pull of Lamar Jackson, but he'll get those first downs. So you think you got him bottled up first down or at least six yards. And then you have the running game. And now you have, we just, I just spoke of AB, but now you have um, Le'Veon Bell as well. He's the backup running back to Hilaire. So now without Pittsburgh, it's funny. These guys were the cancers, if you will, of the Pittsburgh Steelers in and Le'Veon Bell, and then also in Antonio Brown, they're both playing against each other in the Super Bowl. Look at God. <laughs> it's going to be fun. In a, a barn burner, it's going to be a very exciting Super Bowl. I still pick Kansas City. I would never choose them, choose against them again, at least not in the near future. Tom needs nothing to cement his legacy. It's time for the young bull to pick up the horns and guide the rest of the ship home. Mahomes winning is going to be a big fashion. I say they're going to have at least 40. It's going to be at least 38, 40. That's going to be around that points right there. I think it's going to be 40 to 36, Kansas City. I'm calling it 40 to 36. I'm going to go to Vegas next week and bet on that for my birthday. How about that? So that's my prediction. That was a fun weekend. Going to have a great weekend coming up soon. We're going to take a short break. We'll see you right back. This is the time. It is now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> A little welcome back, Carter, for you guys. Some of the young cats don't know what that's about. But welcome back to The Time Is Now. Just want to start off real quick. If you missed it this weekend, the Prairie Air versus McGregor fight, you missed out on a good one on UFC 257. It was an epic match. It did not disappoint. I mean, to those who are McGregor fans, it may have disappointed. But for myself, who's a novice, not so much. And I, I do recall that McGregor, some not too long ago, beat Perrier before via knockout. And McGregor was trying to build his platform back up, build himself back up so he could fight the bigger names and the bigger paydays. So he took a safe bet in his eyes to go ahead and go against Perrier. But to no avail. Um, early on, I thought McGregor had it. I thought McGregor was actually going to win the match. He kept clocking him, reaching him, um, getting him with the distance. But once Perrier figured out the distance and first with the takedown was unexpected because that's not his style. He's a striker, but he's just not as good as uh, McGregor. But the takedown caught him off guard, weakened him a little bit, um, took up a lot of energy in the first round. And he kept attacking the leg. As much as McGregor wanted to come in with a strike, when he tried to, bam, the kick to the leg, the kick to the leg, and it's warmed down. And when we got to the second round, McGregor still catching him, but it wasn't affecting him. But then when McGregor got caught, it's like he stumbled. He didn't seem so much hurt. It just seemed as if his legs got out and he was a little winded. Like he was getting clocked, but it's like he couldn't strike back. It didn't like he was too hurt when the fight was over. He was hugging and all that stuff, and he didn't seem too hurt. He was just more shocked, like, dude, I can't believe this is over. But one thing I will say about this with McGregor, and I've noticed this over the times, I've watched him for a while, right before he blew up and got his claim to fame. Ever since that Mayweather fight, he's made as much money as he's ever made. He, he made like more money than he made in all his bouts combined before Mayweather, which is surprising because he was the cash cow for UFC, him and Ronda Rousey at the time. But He's not been the same, and and it goes to show when those get money because the people who are in the fight game most of the time they don't come from money, they come from the they come from the slums. They're literally fighting to live, and then once you get to the point where you you don't need anymore, you lose that hunger, you lose your edge. And I feel like McGregor has lost his edge. He's hugging and smiling and kissing babies and all that crap where he didn't do that before. So McGregor went down, knocked out TKO. They say in the second round. And it was just something to see. It was something to see. All right, so moving on with basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. All right, so just a recap of week six picks. I had Wednesday, Mavs versus Pacers. I had the Mavs winning. I was correct. The Mavs beat the Pacers. And the Pacers were a top team, but they're kind of sliding down just a little bit. And later that night, Celtics versus the Sixers. I had the Celtics. Now, the Celtics were in it till late. They just couldn't play defense. They couldn't stop Joel Embiid and his flopping. The Celtics went down versus the Sixers. I got that one wrong. Thursday night, I had the Lakers versus the Bucks. Marquee matchup, the biggest matchup of the season so far. East versus West, potential finals matchup. I had the Lakers over the Bucks, and I was correct. Later that night, Knicks versus the, the, the Doves. Knicks versus the Warriors. In that matchup, I knew it was going to be a good game. But I still chose the Warriors. I was wrong. The Knicks end up winning that game. Friday, I have is the Nuggets versus the Suns. I chose the Suns over the Nuggets. So the Suns were at home. I was wrong. Suns, the Suns lost to the Nuggets. Saturday, the Heat versus the Nets was the matchup I chose that night. I chose the Nets as the Heat just don't seem like the team in the bubble. And I called that beginning of this season. Go ahead and somebody tag Joy D'Angelo in that one. On Sunday, 
The Hawks versus the Bucks. I had the Bucks winning. I was correct. And then last night, Monday, the Nuggets versus the Mavs. I chose the Nuggets on the road. I was correct. And then Thunders versus the Blazers. I chose the Thunder on the road. And I was correct. They edged them out in the last moments, winning that game by three. So let's see how what my record was last week. I got six right and three wrong. Looked like I'm doing a lot better this week. Okay, moving on to this week seven picks. Before I even do that, I want to highlight my Lakers as they won again last night over the Cavs. That's the same team that beat the Nets just a week ago, two times in a row, people. The Cavs are playing great basketball. We did. They did not have Larry Nance Jr., who was a former Laker, but they had everyone else, all the big men. McGee got into action. Man, Andre Drummond is a grown man out here with the 20, almost a 2020 double-double. He did work, but late AD was getting those blocks on him. Gasol got in a lot of foul trouble, but he moved the ball. They got a lot of blocks. They got a lot of rebounds. They had a lot of stops. Caruso showed up, showed out. Offensively, no, but defensively, yes. So it was the defense of the Lakers and then the supreme offense of LeBron James. My God, shooting from the logo, layups, everything. He had it all working, all working blocks. LeBron James, that man is serious, like I said before. And I look at those as litmus tests. And I know the Nets are just barely starting. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But, man, the Lakers look serious once again. But not just the Lakers, so do the Clippers. Clippers are right there with the Lakers, people. They're the second-best team only by a half game. Everyone has the same loss column. They both have four losses. Lakers just play one more game, and the Clippers actually play tonight. The Clippers tonight play against the Hawks. We'll see how that turns out for them. And I want to go over the next bit of games for the Clippers to see if they can maintain it. The news is that Kawhi and Paul George will be out probably for the week due to um, contact tracing. So we'll see how that goes. Lakers might be able to pull away. Who knows? Lakers have a tough road trip as the Lakers play the 76ers tomorrow which is another tough matchup let's go over the lakers next several games this is for this finishing up this road trip lakers versus the 76ers on wednesday uh, that's a tough one lakers versus the pistons on thursday they should beat the snot out of those boys but then the lakers versus the celtics old rivalry that's later that saturday and then next week monday lakers versus the hawks and then the lakers versus the nuggets on thursday so they have a tough road they only have i guess one gimme game which is the pistons i would say everyone else is not a gimme the hawks are tough I mean, that might be the next closest one, but every matchup is tough for the next week for the Lakers. So we have to see, you got to overlook and see how that goes. To the team that's right next to them, the Clippers, they have the Hawks, to, they have the Hawks uh, tomorrow. No, they have the Hawks tonight. I'm sorry. And they have the Heat, which seemed easy. The Magic, they're tough out. The Knicks play great defense, but they should win that one. But then they have the Nets on Tuesday, on February the 2nd. And the Cavs, we've seen what they can do. They're like, they're like, uh, world beaters right now the Cavs are only going against the tough guys they're they're, they're 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 like the avengers if you will these guys are putting all their stones together to win so we'll see how that turns out let's go with my week seven top picks week seven top picks tonight at the knicks versus the jazz i have the jazz winning that one the jazz are actually the third best team in the league right now they're one of the hottest teams winning like seven or so straight and then Wednesday, tomorrow, Lakers versus the 76ers. Just spoke about that. I still have the Lakers winning that game. I don't believe in Doc. But I do like the Sixers. I think they're one of the top teams against the Lakers this year. They're one of the teams I'm looking out for. Nets are actually not one of them. It's the Clippers and the Sixers. The only two teams I'm even slightly concerned about. But I want to see how they do against them here. Later that night, Mavs versus the Jazz. I actually have the Mavs beating the Jazz. It's knocking them off their um, win streak, and it's a back-to-back -back for the Jazz as well. 
So I am saying the Mavs are going to get them on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Nets versus the Hawks. I'm choosing the Hawks, actually, over the Nets. We'll see how that turns out. The Hawks are healthy. I think the Hawks can upset them that the Hawks are actually at home. Thursday, the Dubs versus the Suns. I have the Dubs doing it, man. I, they just took Wiseman out the starting lineup. So having Wiseman come off the bench, having Wiseman not going against top centers will be great for his confidence. So Wiseman off the bench instead of going against DeAndre Aiden will be a good move. I think the, the Dubs beat the Suns. Friday, Pacers versus the Hornets. I have the Pacers actually beating the Hornets at home. Hornets need a new coach. Stuff he's saying in the media, he's too distracted. He's like another Luke Walton, which I saw that somewhere else. I give the credit to whomever said in one of those groups that I was in. But I could see him having Luke Walton tendencies. Young coach in over his head, feeling himself too much, not playing the right players who need to play him, not having a proper rotation. Yeah, Hornets are going down fast, and I feel like he's going to get fired before the season's over. Can't remember the coach's name right now. Saturday, Lakers versus Celtics. I just mentioned it earlier. The Lakers have a lot of key games on the road. I still think, I think the Lakers continue with their streak. I think by the end of it, they'll be 10-0 and 0 on the road. Is it 10 or 11? I, I lost track. I think it's 10 at this point. So I have the Lakers beating the Celtics. Later that day, actually Saturday is a big day in basketball sports. You guys need to be tuned in Saturday. If you have league pass, it is the day for you to get fat and sit back and relax. Lakers so over Celtics, and I have the Rockets versus the Pels. I think the Pels finally started to pick it up at that time. I think the Pels are doing well. If Christian Woods is back by that game, whew, who knows? Maybe the Rockets, but I'm going to lean towards the Pelicans. Sunday, Jazz versus the Nuggets. I have the Jazz actually beating the Nuggets on the road. Jazz are a tough out, and the Nuggets are kind of inconsistent. Later that day, the 76ers versus the Pacers. I actually have the Pacers bouncing back. They've been 5-5 five and five lately over the last 10, but the Pacers are still a tough, tough out. So I say the Pacers versus the 76ers, and actually look for the Pacers to do big things later in the season when they get Karis LeVert back. Pacers right now are, are top four seed in the East. They might move into the third seed or they'll at least stay at the fourth seed. There'll be a dangerous, dangerous out. As of right now, I think the Nets are the fifth seed. So we'll see. But the, the Pacers are a dangerous team. They might actually upset the Nets in the first round of the playoffs if the seeding stays at the way that it is. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Finally, Monday, Lakers versus the Hawks. I got the Lakers three times this time, guys. But he has some, these are key matchups. So these are games you might want to watch. Lakers versus the Hawks. I actually have the Lakers winning again. That makes it about roughly, what, 12 games straight on the road. And I have to mention this little nugget. The teams that started 9-0 and and better over the last, what, 20 years or so on the road all won the championship, except for one team, which was that record-breaking dub teams that won 73 games. But guess who beat them? LeBron James. LeBron James is on this team. I don't – if. They, the 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 yoke of this team is everything is pointing towards another championship i'm not saying that because i'm a liquor fan i'm saying that because the stats say so and i've watched the games and they look pretty deadly finally the grizz versus the spurs both of these teams are playoff contention teams right now they're kind of on the bubble they're at the bottom side of, of the bottom half of the eight but i have the grizzlies beating the spurs i don't believe in the spurs i believe the spurs may actually make some moves before the trade deadline so those are my picks for week seven in the nba when we come back, we're going to have Aquil Safir back on the show. So stay tuned. This is the time it is now. That's right. You know what time it is. It's that happy birthday. So let's go. Nolan Ryan. Is 74 this week. Vince Carter, Vince Sandy is 44 this week. Greg Luganis is 61. Phil Collins is 70. Andre Iggy Iguodala is 37. Manti Teo and his Abysmal Bride is 30. 
Kerry Washington is 44. Marcus All, the brother of Paul Gasol, 36. Ellen DeGeneres is 63. Christian Bale is 47. Jalen Rose is 48. And Sasha Banks, the boss, is 29. And Becky Lynch, the man, is 34. Michael Thompson, the father of Clay Thompson, is 66. Wayne Gretzky is 60. Minnie Driver is 51. Kurt Franklin is 51 this week. Anita Baker is 63. And Ronda Rousey is 34 this week. Jake Cole is 36. And Rick Ross uh, is 45 this week. D-Storm is 39. And Big Frida is 43. And Nick Carter from Backstreet Boys is 41. And Justin Timberlake is 40. And Seamus is 43. Elijah Wood is 40. And Lisa Marie Presley is 53. And Oprah is 67. Tom Selleck is 76. Big Boy is 46. That's Big Boy from Outcast is 46. And Uncle Charlie Wilson is 68. Paul Ryan, the politician, is 51. And Wilmer Valderrama is 41. And finally, we have Kid Cudi is 37. We have a ton of honorable mentions. We have John Witherspoon, bang, 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 pops. Would have been 79 this week, passed away in 2019. And FDR, the longest, the longest tenure president of all times, where they had to change the rule, calling the John, the um, oh my God, George Washington rule. We can only do two terms after FDR with his polio went that long, passed away in 1945. Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, would have been 56 this week passed away in 1993 due to complications on set. Langston Hughes, the poet, would have been 139 this week, passed away in 1967. And Lee Thompson Young, tragically uh, died, passed away in 2013 of mental health issues, would have been 37 this week. And I'm Rick James, would have been 73 this week, passed away in 2004. And Jackie Robinson, 42. He would have been 102 this week, passed away in 1972. And finally, Harriet Tubman, she would have been 201 years old this week, passed away in 1913. Well, that's all of our birthdays this week. Now, back to our show. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Time Is Now. We got our special guest at the building back for his second time, Aquil Safir. What's up, my brother? How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be on the show. Blessings, blessings. Thank you for visiting on this beautiful Tuesday, being today is the day where Kobe Bryant passed away um, last year with his beautiful daughter, Gigi. And even though you're our local Clipper fan, I know how much that affected you as well. Absolutely, man. I, I was, I was, I've been a long time, lifelong Clipper fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the passing of Kobe touched us all on the human level. Right. Uh, just watching him and, and, you know, I've never been a fan of Kobe, but I was a fan of Kobe, the father, the husband. Um, there's a lot of guys that play at a, uh, a level that's not even close to Kobe. And when they retire, they're not half the father, husband, or person he was. 
and he did a lot of amazing work. So I was I was actually a huge fan of Kobe post basketball career. If that makes any sense. It makes it makes a ton of sense actually because when you have somebody always on the court ripping your heart out, and then he's somebody who's like you know no not just more so than that he right. was a very cocky. This is the way he came off. Some people, if you're not a fan of his, if he's the one on the opposing team, he's easy not to like. My favorite bull at the time during that era was Pippen, not Jordan. So right. I get it. I totally yeah. get it. So um, we'll get to the lake. We get to the Clippers and the Western Conference in a bit. Okay. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and talk about the Eastern Conference. Notably, I want to hear what you have to say about that trade that went down with the Nets and the Hornets. I'm not Hornets and the Rockets and and the Pacers and all those teams. Talk to me about what what you thought of when you saw that Harden got his wish and went to the Nets. You know what? I I, I didn't understand it because it's like, and here's what I didn't understand from Harden's standpoint. Unless you're trying to go somewhere not to be yourself, you might as well stay home where you are. So when that trade occurred, you got three people on the team that all needs the ball, that all has issues emotionally, um, working with other people and making it work with other people. So I wasn't really a fan of that move. I didn't really understand where Harden is trying to go with his career uh, with those two other guys because he would have to give up so much in order to make it work and I just didn't believe that he was willing he's willing to do that right it was a shock you know to to me not that he was traded but he ended up going where he wanted to go and then also I don't feel like the Nets gave up that much I mean Karis LeVert they got to keep Dinwiddie they got to keep Kyrie and I was just really shocked by that whole move. But now since he's joined that team, they've had some notable losses. They actually got swept by the Cavaliers uh, right. two games in a row and where the Lakers just ended up beating them last night in pressing right. fashion, of course. It was a good game, uh, the, right. the game they had on, on Monday night. Because the Cavs, I'm telling you, there's someone to be reckoned with right now. They're actually in the playoff picture in the East. We're going to go over that. But my question was, how would Kyrie, like you said about the one ball, how many people like to dribble? That's a Kyrie Harden thing. I see. I can see KD as he got used to when he was in Golden State, playing a little bit of defense, playing off the ball. But the how would Kyrie and Harden mesh was a big thing for me. I actually was rooting for Harden to go there because I said I thought the team was more lethal with their depth, with their rim defense, and just having Kyrie because everyone, no one has a big three right now. So just having that, I feel like they had a big three. You have to be a complementary piece, not a, a, a more of the same thing, having Harden. So I echo your sentiments with that. And then seeing now that they're not playing great defense, teams are running up the points. Even in their wins, they're giving up a ton of points. So do you that's... think they, do you think, because I know their coaching staff, uh, mm-hmm. notably the head coach, Steve Nash, mm-hmm. think he's capable and he has the staff to. Uh, position them to start playing defense. I don't believe so because his number one assistant coach is um, Dan Tony, who's known to not play oh. defense. 
He got D'Antonio right. on there who was in Houston as well. Right. So I, you don't bring in championship pedigree coaching. I felt like they should have brought in, if he was going to have assistant coaches, okay, like the Lakers. You know, I got to bring in my Lakers. Um, yeah. Their coaching staff was, was a big strength for them. Yes, you have Vogel, who's a defensive-minded coach already, but then you have Jason Kidd. And then you have, then you have um, Hollins, who's also a defensive-minded coach. And it's just like that all meshes well together. It's, it's You have a three-headed monster. You have three head coaches all vets yeah. as your coach right. you know so I felt like that was strong that's another thing I feel about your former coach in Philly you know Doc I feel like that team in Philly is as their number one team in the east right now not the Bucks. it is the 76 who have a game over the Bucks, only because they played two more games but they are the number one team in the East, and they just went five and five in the last ten. But Doc Rivers and that staff he has over there and that roster, they could do they could do a lot of damage. What do you feel about the 76ers right now in the East? You know what? Because we had Doc in LA um, for seven years, um, I think Doc is one of those coaches that's sort of elusive. Like he's really good at what he does. But I don't think he has what it takes to take a team to get them across that threshold. Hmm. Um, he can get them further than they were. I think he has that master just with discipline and um, great coaching. But to say that he's going to get them to a championship, I don't think he's capable of doing that. And I don't see with Embiid and, 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 and the uh, players that they have over there. I just don't see it happening. Not this year or any time in the di- uh, near future. I find it interesting that you say that because he actually does already have a ring with the Celtics. Although, be it that I find that championship ring to be uh, a straw one because back in 08 or what have you, the Lakers were, were missing two key players in their starting lineup and it still went six. So I never gave him full credit. However, he still has it. And it was with the only big three at the time full of vets. And you who say... Was who was out? Who was those two players out? Bynum and Ariza. They so were they hurt. Both was out. They were both injured the whole series. So wow. that's, that's why I've always... And then Powell had just got there. And so I've always felt like that, that championship doesn't matter because they got a chance to try to defend it two years later and got beat by the Lakers in seven, but they got beat. So I, it, it, it justified my, my theory. Lakers healthy, they win. But neither here or there, he's a great coach, one of the most I winning agree. coaches of all time. But then the other interesting you said is he takes you higher than you were. They, the Clippers weren't that much better with Doc than they were with Vinny Del Negro, from my understanding. Right. Yeah, so it's not like he even made them better. He was just, you know, he's just a rah-rah guy. Not, but I, I still say... Um, with the pedigree on that team, you have championship players, ex-Lakers and others, on that 76ers squad who can potentially get them at least to the Easter Conference Finals. That's what I believe. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think they could get there. I think they'll at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I do think they're built for that. But again, though, right now, besides that Boston team, I haven't seen it. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he 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 got knocked out in the second round. But I'm rooting for Doc. You know, I like Doc as a person. Um, I like his style. I like it. Um, a lot of things about Doc. But I'm just not convinced that just like Chris Paul, I'm just not convinced that they're built to get out of that second round. 
I can dig it. You know Besides what? what happened against the Lakers when those two players were out. I can dig it. I can dig it. I totally get it. So let's do this quick rundown because we're now a, a quarter of way through the season, more than a quarter at this point. And statistics have shown over the years, um, the teams, the top eight teams that are there and the, uh, when it's a quarter way through, that six of the eight always make it in. So let's run it down. In the Eastern Conference, we have um, the 76ers, number one, Bucks, two, Celtics, three, Pacers, four, Nets, five, Hawks, six, Cavaliers, seven, and the Knicks, eight. They're tied with the Magic for that final spot. And so the Heat are no longer in it right now. The Raptors Wait, aren't in it as the well. Knicks? The Knicks. The Knickerbockers are eight seed. They're tied with Magic, but they're at the eighth seed if the playoff started today they will be in the heat from last year not in the wizards are letting me down they done missed so many games so far they only played 12 games so far this season and also the hornets their coach is going to get fired next year but let's focus on those eight what do you think when you hear about those teams possibly making it into the playoffs notably the hawks Cavs, and the knicks who were not in it last season i think the i think the hawks are are for real um the Knicks, uh, I think there's a spot for the Heat uh, because they have great coaching. And, um, Dude, they're um, way out of it right now. They're Well, they're not that far, actually. I know, I know. For it's some not that reason, far. It's only two they'll games. Pull it, they'll, pull it, they'll pull it together. I have faith in them. Okay. Um, just because of the strength of their coaching, their front office, and, and the players. Um, I think they'll be back in. I think the Hawks will be the new the kids on the block that'll make it in. Um, but the top, the 76ers, I think they'll make it to the final, uh, along with, uh, uh, you know, for some reason, I think Milwaukee is going to be the upset far as not making it into the finals this year. Um, e- even though I like Milwaukee, I just don't think they're going to make it into the finals this year. I think it will probably be the 76ers in Boston in my opinion. 76ers in Boston. Okay, so what you're saying is because based on the seeding right now, the, uh, the the Celtics are the third seed, so they could end up meeting in the finals. And if it goes the way it's going right now, because the Pacers have been playing great, I think the Nets may pass the Pacers a little bit. But the way the Celtics, Bucks, and the 76ers are playing, they don't look like they're going to give up much ground, which means the 76ers or the Bucks, whoever ends up in the top seed will play face the Nets most likely in the second round. So if you're saying that the 76ers are going to make it to the finals and the Nets end up with the fourth or fifth seed, that means you're going to beat the Nets in the second round. That's huge. That is huge. That, that is, is huge. We'll see what happens, though. You never know. That team, like the, the Heatles, took a while to jail. Maybe, you know, in the second half of the season, they turn around, start going on a long winning streak and end up taking the top two seed in the East. We don't know. Let's you move know on. The Nets, uh-huh. the, one, one more thing with the Nets. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. But one more thing with the Nets is I think the Nets, because they don't have, and, and I was watching the game uh, that they had uh, yesterday, and I mean, it was it was literally the first half. I only watched the first half of that game, uh, and it was hard to watch. No systems is in place, a lot of isolation. So unless they can change that around and, and play some defense, I think they're going to be the fool's gold of the season. I think they're they're going to be the 
biggest letdown of uh, probably we've ever seen for uh, a, a big three. Probably the only letdown from a big three because all big threes tend to win it at least one. And um and and you said it perfectly. First of all, when teams first get together, no matter what the assembly, they usually don't win it that first year. Right. You know, they except for that original big three. They're the only ones. And and once again, they needed a hobbled Lakers team to win. So let's just let's leave it there. So I'm glad you brought that point up because when they first were assembled and they gave up Jared Allen and 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 Levert, I said this team now lacks depth and lacks defense. And that's going to be huge. You're going to need that in the playoffs. In the playoffs, everything slows down. I think KD is it's funny. He wanted, to, he wanted to leave. When KD left Golden State, I said, thank God. We all have a chance. Because that team, no one was going to beat them. I don't care LeBron with AD. I don't feel like they were good enough to beat them in a seven-game series. Really? I don't think they would have. No. That team was a death team. It was too much. But now with Clay Hobble, who knows? But my thing is, with KD, Steph, Clay, my goodness. And now uh, I'm going to go into this a little bit later, but you got Wiseman doing well. I think it was that it's the league's going to be so balanced. Love and the Warriors, the wire, the Warriors going to be back at it again next season once Clay and Wiseman's older and more polished. You have Clay, and I told people Wiggins going to do his thing and let Ubre showing her up, showing up right now, too. That team's dangerous now. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but my point is with the Nets, I feel like I think you said it perfectly fool's gold. KD's going to regret leaving. And to fact, you left Steph Curry to play with Kyrie. I thought that was like a dumb move, but they still look dangerous. But then you you add Harden. I said that was one of the worst basketball moves of all time. That was a horrible move for everyone. So we'll see. They're all good friends. We'll see what happens there. Let's right. move on to the Western Conference. Okay. We're going to talk about that really quick. We already spoke about my Lakers winning last night over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I just want to run down the rosters. Um, I'm not the rosters, but the standings. The Lakers on top. Like I told you, you sent me that text. I said, wait till the Lakers play. That says that. the reason why they don't mention the Clippers because <laughs> by the time the next day comes around, the Lakers play and they're back on top again. Right. The Lakers are still winning. Right. That's why they don't say, you know, because Lakers have a half game lead. They have um, almost identical records, but Lakers have played one more game. And both teams are hot. Lakers and Clippers. Right. One and two in the conference. And don't I was about to get to there. Um, They all have identical loss columns, four losses, each team, all three. It's just the Lakers have played more games. No, why? Because they haven't had any COVID issues. No suspended games, no postponed games yet. Knock on wood. So last 10 games for all those three teams, Lakers, Clippers, Utah, one, two, three seeds, eight and two. Strong, strong. So the Clippers have flown on the radar. Only why people even know about the Jazz because Jazz have played on TNT last week in that 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 conference, that that banter between Shaq and, and Spider. That people were like, "Wait a minute, Utah Jazz are a what seed? Third seed? Third best team in the league?" That's when it came out. But they were flying under the radar until they got national attention. So you got Lakers one, Clippers two, Jazz three, Blazers four. I did not know that until I looked at it now. <laughs> Nuggets. Five, Grizzlies six, Sun seven, Spurs eight, and the Mavs and the Warriors are on the outside looking in, not too far out, um, ninth and tenth seed. And my um, Pelicans letting me down because this is a contract year for um, uh, Lonzo Ball, and they're not doing well. I'm very put back by that roster right now, and the coaching are two and eight. But let's focus on the playoff teams. When you see these teams, when you see these roster spots, the, these standings. 
who do you think is gonna gonna um, make it, and who do you think is gonna fall off and and, and make it in out of those bubble teams that I told you about? You know what? I'm liking every team in the top uh, eight uh, seat right now. Um, I think they're all so strong. no. So what about the Mavs? What about the Mavs and the, and the Warriors who are nine and ten? I know, I know, I know. I'm not sold on the Mavs at all. Hmm. The Warriors would not shock me if they knocked San Antonio off. I'm actually surprised that Phoenix has dropped to the degree that they have because they had a hot start. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for the Mavs, I think they're on the outside. I've never really bought into them um, even last year, even though uh, uh, what's the young kid's name? Uh Luca. Luca. Uh, I I never really bought into that team doing well, even though his numbers were great. Um, but if anybody was to slip in, I would think, and I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm thinking it's gonna be Golden State or Oklahoma City. Okay, see, currently the 12th seed. Okay, tied with the Rockets. Yes. Okay, I like the Rockets more than OKC. I feel like if John Wall stays healthy, Boogie just had a big double-double the other night with um, Wood. Christian Woods might be the most approved player of the year, and they still have all the other places, players like Gordon and, and um, P.J. Tucker. Did they get a pig? Uh, the PJ... Did they get a pig? Um, yes, Wood. They got Boogie, Boogie, and they got Christian Wood out of Detroit. Christian Wood is like a poor man's AD. You need to watch Christian Wood. This dude's serious. Really? I, when I say serious... He's a, he's a younger AD, not as polished. He brings he's a center, brings the ball up the court. He's shooting a three now this year, dunking on cats, getting blocks. Christian Wood is serious. So Houston is just not winning because of the whole COVID stuff. They had Boogie out again, well, so they haven't had a full. And then you forget early on those losses to the Lakers because of Harden not really giving it his all. So Harden nose diving beginning of the season set them back. With their team playing well and being healthy, I can see Houston sneaking in and getting that eighth or seventh seed. Um, other than that, from maybe who? the Mavs. From who? Uh, Memphis. Yeah, I think the I feel no. I feel like the Spurs are not for real. I don't know about Memphis. I, you're right. Trailblazers were a shock to me. I don't think they'll be that good, but they made some acquisitions. And the Suns to me are better than what their record is as well. Like you called it. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of DeAndre Ayton. I'm not a big fan of Booker, but Ayton and, and Ayton. I knew once Chris Paul got there with Ayton, it's going to be serious. Ayton could be a top center, maybe an all. He, I think he'll take. Rudy Gobert spot in the All Star, yeah, like um, either this year or next year. Aiden will be one of the top big men. Now back to Mavs. Porzingis, you got if Porzingis is healthy, they beat your Clippers. Let's just call it what it is. If Porzingis is healthy, the Clippers won't even get to the next round against Denver. That's a fact, and I called that last season. Well, so, well I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, you're right because even in that bubble, I didn't see my Clippers show up. So I just felt like we won that series, series because we were more talented, but not because we played hard. I did not see okay. my Clippers, and I'm and I'm not gonna apologize. But it's one of those things where my Clippers just never showed up, even though we won that first round. And we could have easily lost, just like you mm-hmm. said. And, and then the next round, they were up 3-1. And then what happened? It was not a shot. 
it was not a it shock. It wasn't a shock. Oh, that I'm... that happened. Because, like I told you, I told uh, Orlando, a couple friends of ours, I told guys that, hey, I just felt like my Clippers, I actually, the way I perceived the Lakers as being soft before the bubble, and the Clippers being a tougher brand of basketball, it totally flipped. It totally flipped. The Lakers, I don't know where they had that strength, that dog mentality, but they deserved exact. They deserved those rings like I mean, they outplayed everyone in the bubble. I agree, and they were not at full strength. They didn't even have their starting point guard in Avery Bradley. So, um, Lakers did a phenomenal job last season, but that's last season. We haven't had a parade yet. We're going to move on from that. I do want to focus on those Clippers. Okay. This this is the main reason why you are here, my friend. Okay. We don't need Clipper. We don't need Clipper, Daryl. We got a Quill Safir in the field, exactly. people. Exactly. Daryl, so, take your spot. Clipper, Daryl, I'm coming after your spot. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. Welcome back. Mr. Safir, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you Uh, hear me? Yeah, we had some technical difficulties, y'all. Um, but we got Mr. Safir back on the line. See, it was the basketball guys that want to hear nothing about no Clipper talk. <laughs> oh man, I see. I see how how the uh, the 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 um what is that when they the, when the universe working together? Yeah. They, uh, it's a it, you know it's it's a lot it's a lot of play to shut us down. To try to shut it down. They don't they don't want no matter what, Clippers gonna clip and they ain't gonna win the ship. <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. <laughs> speaking of the Clippers, speaking, speaking of the Clippers, man, you always know me to be a realist. I'm a Lakers fan, you're a Clippers fan. We on other sides of the right, we're on the other sides of the spectrum, but we always been respectful and love and whatnot, even though you go on extreme with your clipper talk. Which is why I have you here, <laughs> because I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Here in LA, anytime you cheer for a team other than the Lakers, it seems extreme. People can't believe that they, I, we actually are diehard fans of the other team, and the Clipper has a fan base. It's like the little band that could. You know, and we love our team with a passion. It's just we're in the city with the greatest franchise ever in sports. So that makes it a little difficult for us. 
You see, I'm I'm gonna call bullshit. Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. I feel yeah. like I feel like it's a bunch of contrarians and people, whatever. I'm not even gonna get to it. I don't I don't wanna slander it. The reason why I call bullshit because the 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 most loyal fans in the in the NBA community are the Knicks, because they suck every year since the 70s. And they still show up, show out. They support the other teams. They love basketball. The Clippers didn't start packing out or even coming close to packing out um, the games at, at Staples Center until they got Lob City, until Doc Rivers and them came. They before. Not true. Not true. No, no, it's true. You guys were packing out. I used to go to the games the because numbers. they were cheap. I, I looked at the numbers. Y'all wasn't packing out no games. Look, it looked like the Sparks were playing. I think the, the Staples Center holds about 19. Almost twenty, yeah. Almost twenty thousand people. Okay. Free, free Blake. We averaged about sixteen thousand plus per game. What did I just say? Blake. What did I just say? Y'all weren't packing it out. You know, but you know, how many three thousand people are when the Lakers well, pack. Like, no, listen, listen. When the Lakers suck for the last ten years, we still packed the you house. Can't compare that, man. You, you missed my point. The the no, then I just said the Knicks. The Knicks, Madison Square Garden, they pack it out all the time. Y'all, the fan base, the fan base. No, listen, listen. The only reason why y'all even get sixteen thousand people there, like I said before, I've been, a, I've been a lot of Lob City when Lakers suck. I went to a lot of games because it was entertaining, and still you guys were selling out. It wasn't like it was packed with Clipper fans. It's just because LA is so massive that we like we need something to do, and they were exciting. We didn't expect them to win. We just wanted no, to have no, a good no, time. No, no, no. Stop, stop, pause right there. The only game where we did not dominate and sell out with Clipper fans was when we played the Lakers. That's the only game that that happened on. So you want to tell me that Lakers fans were just better at getting tickets than Clipper fans? Even when it's the Clippers' no. home game that packs out with Lakers. Well, here's the thing. It comes down to dollars and cents. The Lakers fan base has so much money. And it makes so much sense for us just to sell our tickets. <laughs> so, you're so loyal. So loyal, you're just going to sell your tickets because you already know you're going to lose the big brother. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not that we're going to lose because we never sold our tickets. But everybody else would because where we were sitting in the, in the 100 section, you can get $500, $600 a ticket for a Laker Clipper game. Expect no, it's, it's more than that. But I hear you. Sitting. It was more than that, but I hear you. Well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was cheap because yeah. if, if you went to a Lakers home game, it's double that. Yeah, or triple. Yeah, or triple. It was yeah. a bargain to get a five hundred dollar seat ticket for a Clippers game. So therefore, but for a Clipper fan, that was a lot of money based on what our tickets are normally valued at. Right. So most Clipper fans would literally sell that ticket, sell that game to basically almost pay off the season. See, but you know what? That proves my point. The Laker fan, I said anyone who's a Clipper fan in a Laker town where Clippers have never been to the Western Conference Finals, let alone got to, got to the finals and won anything. I said the Clippers have never done anything of significance in this town before that. Hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, I, so, so you brought up a good point. The economical thing. I said, because I remember this too when I was a kid. Even though I watched the Lakers on TV, I couldn't afford a damn Laker ticket. And I did want to sit in the nosebleeds. So I said, to be a Clipper fan, it's got to be one of two things. I said, one, either you're contrarian. It's one of three things. You're contrarian and you just want to go against the grain. 
three, you're you're you weren't born here. You're from out of town, and you and you're you came from like a place like Boston or a place where that was a, a it was a Laker hater town. So you can't root for the Lakers. You got to choose the other team. Or three, your family was just too broke to go to a Lakers game. So they said that. So they became Clipper fans because that's all that Mama and Daddy could afford. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it might have been all three. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to get to this. I'm going to get to this. I think to be a Clipper fan, you have to be built different. I always tell people it takes nothing to be a Laker fan. It's easy to be a Laker fan, especially if you live in L.A. I, I, I don't believe so. I think it's the exact opposite because to be How a Laker, I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> especially, especially during the dark ages, we had two dark ages in my lifetime. One was the um, the post Magic Johnson era. That when Magic Johnson came down with HIV, that shattered us, and we were we had all kinds of Sadell threats and those people of the world. Um, Anthony Peters, I, I love that though, so don't you know? Yeah, I like them. I like them. That that was right before Shaq and Kobe, so I like them. But right right after Magic, it was rough in the city. So we but we had to stick it out, and we still packed the gym. Other thing is we we and then the post Kobe career that that was tough times. So we've been through tough times in the past forty years. My issue is what makes it difficult is we we expect perfection every year. You know how hard that is because you can't win every year, but we expect to win it. So it's it's championship or bust with us every time we have an all star on a team, and that's not easy to be a fan of. To be a Clipper fan, you're just excited to be mentioned. To be a Clipper fan, you've not used to winning. So whatever thing, when you beat the Lakers, y'all won a championship. That's a fact. They get so hyped when they beat the Lakers in the past 10 years. They were beating them up and down. They were like, they were happy. that They weren't, they, if you guys didn't win a championship, it wasn't a bust season for you. It's not as much anxiety. You don't have that pressure. You can I enjoy hear, the games. I hear your viewpoint and you're digging deep to really come up with it because it makes absolutely no sense. Zero. Absolutely. I mean, you had to really, you know, go to Yale or Harvard, you know, to to figure those types of theories out because it makes absolutely no sense what you're saying. It's easy to be a Laker fan because of the greatness, all of those banners that you guys have to look at. Do you know a, fr- a good friend of ours, he's a ticket broker. The only time the Laker fan base has so much money, the only time you can possibly get a season ticket, the Lakers have to lose almost 10 years straight just to get on, just to get off to get um, the waiting list for, for season tickets. That's how much money and how strong the fan base is. You see how hard it is, though? I can't even get season tickets, brother. It's tough. I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know, man. Come on over here with the real team. You know we No, nah, man. Hey, hey listen. Man. Listen, man. Um, I, I, I liked Lob City a lot. And I liked the Clippers back in the days of Lloyd Vaughn and Danny Mannings and Corey McGettys. So I love that. Oh, ooh, the knuckleheads. Don't get me started. I love them. Man, listen. I love. I, I like I liked the Clippers coming up because they were never a threat. It was not until you guys acquired these new talent and getting the Kawhis and, and how he did the way he did it and the way they manipulated it and got it done. I don't like how I don't like the cut of Kawhi's jib to some degree. 
I like him as a player, but the whole uh, what he did to San Antonio and then how he did kind of the Toronto, but he gave him a ring and then how he kind of finagled his way and made Laker fans believe he was coming there and I didn't want him there. I didn't want LeBron here, to be honest with you. Hey, but you're the yeah, first but, Laker fan to say that. I didn't. I, 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 I wanted. Why I wanted a want healthy claim time. Well, because I just I didn't think it was genuine. I'm like, it didn't make sense to me, and I didn't want all the flopping. I didn't want all the. I didn't want the LeBron fans. Let's keep keep it real, because these LeBron fans are obnoxious and annoying as hell. Now, as I just watched him last night, I even made a video. This dude is. Goat status type. He's what he's doing. He's got a three point that's consistent now. He's got a go to move. He's playing intelligent. Uh, uh, he still flops from time to time, but I can appreciate him now that he's here. When he came, the moment he signed, I was all for him. I didn't want him here. I wanted Clay Thompson because it was going to blow up that team, and he was underappreciated, and he would have been a, a, a assassin for the Lakers. He would have been a perfect, perfect uh, uh, person to follow up Kobe. And then I wanted a healthy boogie. Because these people are coming up, but Boogie, you know, I'm glad it all worked out the way it did. Let's just say that. Yeah, okay. I was. I, I felt like he's misunderstood, man. But like I said, it all worked out. I was. A, I'm not a, the best GM, obviously, because it didn't make sense for me. I didn't know that KD. I didn't believe that KD would leave that situation. So Clay, they weren't going to be able to afford Clay. I said it's a perfect move for the Lakers to get him. But it all worked out the way it's supposed to. I'm very, very, very happy with this Lakers squad. Now it's back to your team. Last season, last season on my show. We were on with Orlando's hero as well, Mr. Johnson. And I told you that your team, the, this that season, was not going to make it there. I said, even if they go into Eastern Conference Finals, the Lakers will beat them in six. I told you this. Get the tape. The reason why I said that is because they don't usually do it in the first year. One. Two, they weren't practicing all year. They, I don't feel like they had the best chemistry. I feel like they just was just using their God-given talents to do it. Three, I don't feel like their defense was as good because they had lack of continuity and four i didn't believe in doc rivers so i gave you all those different nuggets oh and oh really more importantly i didn't believe in what we call him now pandemic p i knew i saw the cut of his jib in okc he makes a ton of excuses he even started doing it this year so even this year they were going under the radar because they got beat by 51 and then paul pierce is still playing trash fast forward Oh, before I even go there, last season, I also said on Wax, I said it's the Lakers' best chance because LeBron's getting older, uh, Clay and Steph coming back. You did KD, say that. I said, I said KD and Kyrie going to be back next season. I said, so the league is going to be tough. I said, Lakers got to win it this season, which was last season. If they don't, they may not. LeBron may not win another one. I said also that the best chance for, um, and I said uh, Paul Pierce coming off, not Paul Pierce, Paul George coming off injury, this, he gonna need that year to kind of recover. I said next year, which is this year, will be their best chance of winning it all because you catch everybody slacking where now the uh, Clippers had a year under their belts. Fast forward, Clippers have been balling. They're the top, the number two team in the league, flying under the radar. Paul George having probably his best season so far of his career. And I'm not even a fan of his. I just sold his shoes for $50. But Paul George, I got to give him his props. He oh. is balling. He is the best player on the team over Kawhi. Kawhi's getting the steals, but Paul George getting the points, the rebounds. He's getting the three-point percentages, top five in the league. Paul George is that dude. I feel like the only team that I fear in the – I didn't say fear. I should say only team that I am concerned about in the West is the Clippers. Not last year, but this year. I think the Clippers are real. 
What do you got to say about your Clippers, brother? I agree with everything you just said. I totally do. I And I concur with what you said last season. So everything you said last season, you were correct. We do not own the rights to this music. You should have been downtown. The people are rising. We thought it was a lockdown. They opened the fire. Them bullets was flying. Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie. Oh my. Time heals all, but you out of time now. Judge gotta watch us from the clock tower. Little tear gas cleared the whole place out. I'll be back with the hazmat for the next round. We was trying to protest and the fires broke out. Look out for the secret agents, they be planted in the crowd. Set a civil unrest, but you sleep so sound. Like you don't hear the screams when we catching beat down. Staying quiet when they're killing niggas, but you speak loud when we ride. Got opinions coming from a place of privilege. Sicker than the COVID, how they did them on the ground. Speaking of the COVID, is it still going around? Why won't you tell me about the looting? What's that really all about because they throw away black lives like paper towels plus unemployment rate what 40 million now killed a man in broad day might never see a trial we just want to break chains like slaves in the south started in the north end but we in the downtown riot cops try to block now we got a showdown you should have been downtown the people are rising we thought it was a lockdown they opened the fire The bullets was flying Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie YouTube, dog, look how they do us. Knee on our necks, bullets and backs, stimulus checks, strictly for blacks. History repeating, people scared to eat a chicken. Everybody going vegan, what they put in it. Look at the world we living in, they got a shook in it. You going, you jogged, and your color might get you took in it. The man in the mirror can't look away, you gotta look at it. Black lives matter, so what it means when they shoot at it? Generation genocide, what happened to enterprise? Heard the man infiltrated, Black Panther re-energized, ain't nothing to figure out. They trying to kill us out. If I take a nail, see my fist, I'm a killer now. Just think, bullshit, you gotta filter out. Are you really ready for the smoke like a Swisher house? Ready for the revolution? Who ready to ride? It won't be televised, so tell me who ready to die. If downtown going up, where we have it to shit? We at the liquor store, nigga, about to get us a fifth. No, they about to start looting, grab the gloves and masks. Watch out for them tanks when they rolling past, shit. <laughs> Never understand why they do it Someone cut the channel off the news before I lose it I ain't even trippin' if you with it, then we lootin' Help me put this Louie in the back of Suzuki Oh, he had to break it down so smoothly They gon' say it's not about race, but we movin' Whole pile, cut the trade pound Had to put in my name, wish a nigga play now Any given day, I'll be headed to the pulpit Say a little prayer, matter of fact, I need two of them
that was Lockdown by Anderson Pock. By Anderson Pock. That was Lockdown. And um, I chose that song. I usually don't go with things that are too current. Um, but it was apropos. Because I'm thinking back to um, when it was written, when it came out, because of the pandemic and, and the social injustice things that we faced just last year. And as I reflect on 2020, and I reflect on that time, that tumultuous time that it's been, and I talked about this week, a week or so before, when I said every 30 years we have another situation, not a pandemic, that's like every 100 years, but then every 30 years we have a different struggle or a movement. And I still feel that this, even though it was the most widespread movement because of social media, when they had uh, things being protested in regards to the George Floyd situation all over the globe, I still believe it was one of our weakest ones because of the totality of time, because we are so easily distracted by so many different things. And it's easy because there's so many things going on around us for us to things to be short lived. And they know that they give us little tokens here and there and say, hey, this is what you got. You'd be happy with that. And, and then you forget and then you find out not guilty and all these different things. And. <sighs> As I reflect on 2020 being that today is the day a year ago we lost Kobe Bryant and Gigi and all the other people that's on the helicopter that was in that tragic crash out here in Southern California as he was taking his daughter and his team and their parents to a basketball tournament in his own Mamba Academy. And I think of a lot of things when it comes to Kobe Bryant. And the main thing I think about is what they keep quoting is the mama mentality and how actually he made me want to step up and be a better father to my daughter. Because the, one of the main things we learned um, post-career was he was an excellent father and husband. And I want to champion that. I want to take on that. I want to wear that. Um, I, I, I didn't know how much of a fan I was of Kobe Bryant until he passed. I knew I appreciated him for all that he'd given to the sport, but I didn't know I was that much of a fan that I was and how much it affected me. It's like I grew up with him. It was 18, 20 years, 24 years total of me knowing him. Most of my life, I've known of him and watched him. It's like you watch someone grow up as if they're family. So it was tough, but I go back to the Mamba mentality. And I look at that when it applies to everything else. As of right now, we seem like we digress. Even though there's something called the Rooney Rule in the NFL, we're down to what, two black coaches, head coaches, and one other minority coach being that in, in the Washington. And we have a, um, a Latino coach over there. So you have three minority coaches in the NFL. When years ago, when there was Dungey and all, we had over six. And that's not a lot because there's like 32 teams and and just people the, the the issue that people are having is not that we don't have people in employment because we have several position coaches the majority of the actual coaches in the nfl are black so they're looking at it like well majority of the players are black that should coincide what's going on in front office and places of leadership and to some degree, I believe that. I understand that. I understand the numbers. Because before, they didn't look to say that black quarterbacks can lead. Because the quarterback's the most important position in football. 
So I get that. And then we knew that not to be true. But where did they get that from? And where, where is this being implied? There's so many things to go back to our history where they feel like, oh, they don't have proper leadership. When you think of the, 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 the people, the colonizers with the manifest destiny, believing that they are the superior race. Well, if you believe that you are the superior race, of course, you're going to believe that you're meant by God to lead those who don't look like you. That everyone who is of darker melanin savages. So why would you want a savage to run over you? Talked to my dad before. We talked about how the colonizers or, or the people of lighter complexion, of less melanin, did not. They felt uncomfortable with him being in a managerial role. And then when he owned his own business, how many of them couldn't stand to work for him. They would quit quickly. It's just something about it bothered them. They couldn't even explain it themselves. He had some colleagues who were of the same ilk and he tried to explain it to him. He says, I don't know. He, they don't even notice that it's happening. And when you hire someone and put them in a position of power, of leadership, you want them to kind of look like you. Who are these people? They're the billionaire club. There's not a lot of us or myself or people who look like me who are in that club. Well, how did those people get into that club? Like we said before, they're billionaires. A lot of them inherited. Others have, they know the gateway of doing it. They, they have that co connection or conversation at home. They understand money better than many of us. It's not taught in the schools. You have to learn it somewhere else. Like the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Pick it up if you haven't read it, if you haven't read it. Your home structure has a lot to do with it. So that brings me to my, to my next point. So we don't have that level of understanding of what it truly takes to be a leader, what it truly takes to be in a position of power. Why we continuously come to the table and ask and say, this isn't fair, this isn't fair. Then create your own. I'm not saying create your own league. Let me let me let me help you understand. There's this misconception about people who are in what they say pyramid schemes. I'm gonna put the air quotes pyramid schemes, and I understand that, and I get it, and I get the hustle, and I understand how it may look. But I have some clients of mine, one who just bought a nice Rolls Royce, and and I have them buying Range Rovers, all coming from the same base shop or recall office, all these different vice presidents in this company and what you will may call it a pyramid scheme but it's legitimized they have um, better business bureau they're making good money all legal and i wonder to myself why aren't more of us doing that a lot of us struggle and work at our jobs and we talk about a pyramid scheme but you don't realize that the job you're working right now is in effect a pyramid scheme did you know when like they have a lot of jobs when you recruit someone to work for you they give you a little bonus they give you like a, a, a after they're there for three months they, they pay you a little something a little stipend a little something for bringing on a, a new recruit or a new worker hmm sound familiar in other parts as you continually do better you would get what promoted and everyone who's above you gets paid on your efforts hmm and there's always a person at the top who makes the most. But see, the difference is many of us don't have the opportunity to ever get to the top. 
And the difference is that you don't have true freedom to do what you want when you want. You're in a, some form of a system that makes it to where you have to check in just to have a vacation. If you don't let them know within 30, 30 days beforehand, you may not be able to go. I went into business for myself because after my brother passed away, I only had three days to grieve. Part of that pyramid system, part of that pyramid scheme. See, the scheme is going to dictate what you earn. And, it, it, and they're putting a dollar amount, a price on your time, which is why I said before is your most precious commodity because it's the one thing you can never replace. So they give you a dollar amount, no matter what it is, 10, 20, 100, does it matter? Do you really believe that your time is worth only $100 an hour? When you have all these restrictions on your life. Did you know that by them paying you what they pay you, they're telling you where you're going to live, what you're going to drive, what school your kids are going to go to, what are you going to eat? And we all know you are what you eat. And if you do not have a proper diet, you will cut down the time of your life. So they own you for over 40 plus years until your latter part of your days in your 60s. And then you get a chance to finally retire. And then when you retire, you only have a few years left to live anyway. So what did you do in that time? So what is the true pyramid scheme? They have this system, I call it the trap, where a lot of us who are trying to find a way to make a decent living because our education system was poor because based upon where you live, it's that your, your little minimal tax dollars pay for that education system. So you get old books, you get old material, and you don't get the best teachers. So now school's not fun, the education's not adequate enough for you to excel. Only a small percentage get out of that situation. So the majority are left to do what exactly? When you see your parents before you, not doing so great and you feel like you don't even have a chance you don't even have the you don't even have a thought that you're going to be a ceo of a company you don't even have the thought that you're going to be some high level executive you don't even have a thought that you're going to be able to be in a position of power to run a nation that's why barack obama was so important to the culture because for the first time we got a chance to see that it was even possible to achieve so what happens many of us end up in the system some from wrongfully accused because we talked about before how we have over police neighborhoods and i even had a video go viral the other day where you showed a police officer planting drugs for on someone as a latino male brown white cop planted drugs on him so now he's getting what put into the system but guess what happens when he goes into the system with the felony did you know if, if you had a felony charge your life is completely changed go look for a job when you have a felony very difficult to even now go ahead and legally earn for yourself because once you check that box, you may not get that job. High percentage chances you do not get that job. So then what do you have to do? Go back to the same things. But did you know if you went ahead and go and got into one of those pyramid quote unquote schemes, those people with records, because you work for yourself, you have the freedom to do so. Those people can go in there and make an honest living and do a lot, get a lot doing it and get paid more for their time and they'll have the freedom to do what they want when they want and now with that newfound wealth 
they can go ahead and, and, and stimulate money and stimulate their economy in their neighborhoods and do big things. And now with that money, you probably can own a team or do things you need to do and hire who you need to hire. And now you have people who look like you in position of power. So don't get caught up in these things because you just don't simply understand. Go by faith, not by sight. Believe what you need to believe so you can achieve what you need to achieve. Don't get fought in that trap. Don't get stuck. Don't believe the stuff that you were told. Open your mind. Steve Harvey once said, you have to take a leap of faith. You have to jump. And until you jump, your parachute cannot open. But you got to jump first. Until next time. That's it this week, guys. I really appreciate all my faithful listeners. Thank you so much. Please remember to spread the word, to share this podcast, and to the new listeners, like it, and please hit subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Luke 14 26 through 30. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.